With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come in football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, did your dad ever tell you a poor excuse is better than none? Well, someone's dad is still telling that to Olympic hopefuls. From bad burritos to golf course fisticuffs, we've got some wild ones today. Plus, the C's might just be opening for the Milwaukee Bucks. Can they take advantage? All that, plus a Fonzie-like admission from yours truly. Your bonus dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Tuesday, June 15th, 2021. Thank you for downloading new format, Who Dis? Going to be a quick one today. I'm calling this Load Management Tuesday. About 20 minutes you're going to get today, and I'm going to try to make it the best, cleanest, most enjoyable 20-minute listen you got. This will allow you to whistle the Zabecast in between other podcasts you may be listening to. I am aware there are other podcasts out there, and some of them go on for not just 20 minutes, but hours, multiple hours at a time. So let's get right to it. Part of it is I have had a fairly long day, Uh, not as long as some people's normal days, but I've been traveling up to Appleton and back. I was in Uh, The Children's Hospital Charity Golf Tournament, you know how grueling those are. You drink all day on the course, eat free food, sit in your cart, wait to hit a shot, hit a shot, wait some more. (laughs) It's the nature of scrambles. Why scrambles are not faster is almost beyond me. It it should be the fastest format imaginable, but I guess not. My theory is, real quick, is that you've got a lot of people on the golf course that only play one or two rounds a year, and they go, oh, it's a scramble? Oh, I can play in one of those. Who cares if I suck? There's three other people to hit the ball. Okay, guess what that person who doesn't play but once a year does? He takes forever. Multiple full practice swings, lots of fidgeting, lining up, whiffing on a shot, then they take another shot. Oh, come on, you okay? You almost got to keep your head down. There's a lot of coaching that goes on. Eh, it is what it is. If you're in a charity scramble, book five and a half hours and expect it to go over. It's just that simple. But anyway, it was a beautiful day, Chamber of Commerce Day. You know why they call beautiful days Chamber of Commerce Days? There's a reason. 
Because the Chamber of Commerce would love for every day to be like that. I tell you, this was the kind of day that I said, do I need to get Zillow out and start looking at some of these homes and the golf courses at Butte Dumort's golf course? Butemort, as they call it, Butemort, BDM, Butte Dumort's. Man, there was this one house that was just incredible. But, you know, the day was was 78 degrees and cool air, warm sun, fan-fucking-tastic. And I know, and I'm sitting there going, man, I'd love to have that house right on the golf course, so beautiful right now. (laughs) And I'm discounting the fact that there was probably a string of a dozen days in late April, early May, in which the people living there are like, please, winter, let us off the mat. And it was 43 degrees and sideways rain or worse. Hell, in fact, I'm going to go back and look up just the weather, past weather highs in Appleton, Wisconsin. Beautiful town, beautiful people. Uh, I love it this time of year. But I know that they're getting after it because it's a short summer. Okay, let's get to the news of the day and we'll go quick, have fun, and be done with it. Bad burrito. File this one under a poor excuse, an insane excuse, is still better than none at all. Headline, Olympic hopeful Shelby Houlihan blames burrito for positive steroid test. American track and field star Shelby Houlihan, I had no idea she was a star, received a four-year ban after testing positive for nandrolone. Whoa! That's the hard shit right there which she blamed on a pork burrito. According to the 28-year-old, she was notified of the positive test from an out-of-competition urine test given by the World Anti-Doping Agency in December. Houlihan then began a furious search for the culprit, logging her food from the previous week. She and her team believe the nandrolone detected stemmed from a pork burrito that she bought from a food truck the night before her test. Her search for the real killers. Was OJ in on the search? For the nandrolone that came from a pork burrito? Of course, nandrogen is an androgen and anabolic steroid that helps humans build muscle. The World Anti-Doping Agency has noted that eating meats like pig offal can cause the presence of the steroid. So at least they admit that, and maybe they've given her an out to say, ah, it was the burrito. If it's me, and I'm an Olympic athlete, I'm not ever going to eat a pork burrito Not from a taco food truck the night before my test. If you're training all these hours, if you're spending all this money, if you're dedicating your life to it, you just know what you can and can't eat. (laughs) Oh, I'm hungry. Let me go get a pork burrito here. I don't know. Maybe it was the burrito that did it. Dateline tennis. All hail racket kid. I love this story. Novak Djokovic won the Djokovic, Novak Joker, Novak Djokovic, Djokovic. It's uh, Nikola Jokic, Novak Djokovic. They're both called Joker. Novak Djokovic rallied to win the French Open in epic fashion, being down two sets to love. And after the match was done, he mounted unbelievable comeback. Afterwards, as he's walking off the court, he hands his racket 
to a kid of about 12 to 14 years old, something around that age. The kid went bonkers. The kid was beyond happy. And who wouldn't be, right? This is like being given Excalibur. This is an incredible artifact. The tennis racket from one of the worst players in the world uh, would be worth a lot of money. Not worst players, but the, the racket from a guy that was ranked 193 on court nine, losing in the second round is still a hell of a thing. It's a pro tennis player's racket, but to get Joker's racket and the final racket of multiple ones I'm sure he used for the uh, championship and have it be seen in full view of the entire world, incredible. So he gives it to the kid. He goes nuts. Well, there's a little more to the story. Why did Joker give it to this kid? Two words, three words. He deserved it. Uh, well, I don't know the boy, but um, he was in my ear the entire match, basically. Especially when I was two sets to love down. He was encouraging me. He was, he was actually giving me tactics as well. He was like, hold your serve, get an easy first ball, and then dictate, uh, go to his backhand. Like, he was coaching me, literally. Uh, and, and so I, thought, I found that very, very cute and very nice. And uh, um, so, you know, I, I felt like it was, uh, the, 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 it, you know, to give the racket to, to, to the best, best person was him uh, after the match. So that was kind of my gratitude for him sticking with me and supporting me. That is fantastic. And that hits at the central core deceit or belief or fantasy of sports, and that is you as a fan can have any kind of input or effect on the outcome of the game in favor of your team. You scream, you wave your arms, you taunt, you you do what you can. In this case, case you coach. Now, for those who say, I thought you couldn't get coaching from, from the stands in tennis. You can't get coaching from the stands from your coach, as I understand it, you can't get it from your posse or people in your entourage, but this kid was just a kid. And who knows how much actual coaching you really gave, but that's a beautiful thing. That, again, is why we love sports. And you know who the we is. Item three, forget what it can do how does it do it? Been frustrated lately with my Apple devices, my phone, my Apple Watch. For example, I wake up on Sunday morning in Indianapolis ready to drive to Milwaukee. I've got things to do, a time to be somewhere. And the entire trip, I keep looking at the dash of my car, my van, and I keep looking at the watch and my clock, or the, the my phone and my watch, and they were off by an hour, and I knew I had entered a different time zone. What, what, what time is it? And so I finally found out that my watch and my phone had not updated to automatically, you know, say, well, oh, you're, I, I can tell from your GPS position you're in a different time zone. I then had to go find the setting of, you know, update time automatically, because that's apparently a setting. Uh, Getter helped me find it. He knows where everything is on these iPhones. Uh, we then toggle it to the right position, and it just sits and it cycles, and it cycles, and it cycles. doesn't work. 
And I'm thinking to myself, God, it's so frustrating. These things are supposed to be smart. They're supposed to be able to fix themselves. Why are there so many things that can get tripped up? And then the watch. The watch is supposed to be this thing that is convenient and easy and helps make your life better. So, And I've gone away from the smartwatch, the Apple Watch, a couple times, and I've gone back every time. I Something about it, I guess I like having a stopwatch just at my fingertip touch. I don't really read text messages with it. I certainly don't make phone calls and listen to it. That's that's impossible unless you've got the hearing of, oh, I don't know, a uh, an owl or some predatory bird that can hear a tiny mouse rustle itself in the field. And so what do I use it for? I, I, I kind of like having the temperature on the initial face of my watch. But the temperature wasn't corresponding to where I was. So it's like, well, you got to go into what app is feeding the temperature from your phone to that little window on your watch because you can set it to a number of things. You can set it to, I I think, the Apple thing. You can set it to WeatherBug. You think you can set it to My Radar, whatever. So I'm noodling through that, and it's like, oh, you must have that temperature at a different location because I had several locations programmed into my weather app. And I'm fiddling through that, and I'm fiddling through this. And I'm like, shit, they didn't put a temperature sensor on the watch? Just literally tell me, how warm is it outside? In general, I'm happy with my Apple products, but it's getting more and more frustrating as I try to wrangle how to make all these things work the way I want them to work to the point where I'm like, I should just start peeling away from the stuff, making it more simple, go the other direction, stop trying to have it integrate everything in my life. And it got me to thinking about how when Steve Jobs really got going with the Apple revolution, the iPod in particular, the simplicity of it, the function of it was less important than the form of it. The form factor and how it performed and how it worked was more important necessarily than everything it could do. For example, those who have Android phones will brag about, well, it can do so much more than an iPhone. And I don't doubt that. I know that's true. But that's for the engineers and the nerds to go, well, see, I can get in here and set it to this, and then it's on a VPN. Of course, we've got storage. I can remove this uh, SIM card here, and or not, not SIM card, uh, extra memory, and I've got this port and that port. And that's wonderful if, if you like fiddling with your stuff. I don't. That's why every time I see Android, I'm like, Ugh. and of course, when Apple does this, you know, Apple purposely makes its products so that you can't do this. You can't do that because they realize if you, they, they realize their, their philosophy is, well, if we, if we let people change this, this, and this to a certain customizable degree, somehow, somewhere, someone's going to do it and then they're going to get stuck and they're going to go, God damn, this thing doesn't work. Now, maybe we're getting towards that anyway with Apple products, but it's just kind of frustrating. So this brings me to what I'm realizing about the Mobile Strike Studio. I need to make the Mobile Strike Studio an absolutely seamless, elegant experience for my guests who are going to come in and do a little podcast with me or an interview or whatever. It has to be effortless because what I have now with the Mobile Strike Studio is I've got a van that is certainly capable of doing full broadcasts in there, remote broadcasts, 
as well as podcasts, as well as doing quick video snippets, but it's it's clunky, it's messy, and I've got to go, because I've got the desk in the back, I've got to then go walk between my guests to close the door. Oh, hold on, here, where's the latch? Okay, I'll, I'll get it for you. Oh, it's a little bit warm in here. Let me turn up the AC, and I've got to scooch between the two guests sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know, putting putting my dick right in their face almost, not really, but it's like, it's weird. I don't like it. So I want to get a Mobile Strike Studio 2.0 that, reverses the configuration where the guests sit on a luxurious couch, custom couch that's in the back of the van in which they just walk in. There's no chair in front of you as the door slides open and they walk in the back and they sit down and then I sit down in one chair on the other side of things and I flip one switch, boom, here we go. In, out, done. I need to make the Mobile Strike Studio more elegant in how it functions, kind of like Apple did once upon a time. Item number four. Hey, Murph, zip it. Mark Murphy has been talking a lot lately, hasn't he, kids? You know, about Aaron Rodgers this and complicated fella that. He doesn't need to say all this stuff, including, you know, this issue has divided the fan base. Hold on a second. I got to go get my phone. You know, the phone I was just talking about. Stand by. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. So, reason I had to get my phone was I took some screen caps of an article by Jason Lockenfora, who I think appropriately nails a lot of people's perceptions outside of the state of Wisconsin and or Green Bay. He writes, it's hard to watch the Green Bay Packers operate these last 15 months and not wonder what the hell are they doing? That, of course, the 15 months since they drafted Jordan Love. Their words and their deeds and their grievances and the petty way in which they are dealing with them all invite significant examination and scrutiny. It's almost as if Mark Murphy and the powers that be at Lambeau Field would want you to get the false idea that it is their righteously disgruntled first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback who is at fault for this whole mess, that Aaron Rodgers is in the wrong. It's almost like they feel as somehow each silly statement and misstep is going to shift public opinion in their favor. It's like they keep doubling down on a losing bet, going out of their way to further alienate one of the most storied members of their iconic franchise, 
precisely at the time when this already sensitive situation is headed to its most delicate stage. It's like they think their fans and shareholders, quote, shareholders, they really have no control, are fools. It's like they can't help themselves getting in their little shots and playing their little passive-aggressive games and providing fodder and fuel at a time when they should be showing grace in class, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Is this some kind of game for Mark Murphy? Is the Packers president and CEO enjoying this far too much? Fair questions to ask after the latest antics out of Green Bay. We know this much, writes Jason. Any idea that Murphy and company would somehow be taking the high road in the soap opera has long been expunged. Not possible, it seems. It's as if these suits, whose ham-handed actions and tactless approach to the drafting of Jordan Love that initiated this inevitable ugly exit by Rodgers, think they are some kind of victim. And in their haste to play that card, Murphy continues to speak out of turn and make sophomore comments that can only hurt the current situation. Amen. It dawned on me that maybe what Rogers is seeing and maybe what he is worried about is that there is too much mom and pop shop mentality with the Packers franchise. That they are less a modern juggernaut, iconic NFL franchise, and they are more mom and pop in ways they're doing things, and he doesn't want to be part of that. It's possible. Not certain, but possible. Item number five. Like Fonzie said once, I was wrong. Apparently, it now turns out that um, the soccer player who collapsed on the pitch in the European Cup, and of course it's late, and my brain is mush, and I can't think of it right now, and when I get my headphones on, I can think of it even less. Apparently, he was not vaccinated, according to the president of his club team, Inter Milan. Okay. We'll see. What does that define? I don't know. I'm not saying he was or not, but I said the initial reports was he had just been vaccinated. Was it a COVID thing or not? The second part I was wrong about, uh, Christian, see, now i got to find it. I'm sorry about this. Soccer, my brain is, this is troubling to me, by the way. Soccer player collapses. I did see the video, by the way. Christian Erickson. There it is. Is it possible there's just, I'm out of name, I'm out of hard drive space for names? Is that it? Is it like this pressure of, oh, I'm recording a podcast. I got to remember. Is it because I rely on my co-hosts and colleagues, whether it's whether it was Scott Lynn to remember names or Solly or now Josh and Getter? Is, th- is that what's making me less sharp about all these names? I don't know. I do get a fair amount of names right. I give myself credit for that. Uh, Christian Derrickson, according to Inter Milan, the president was not vaccinated, and this, and he had not had COVID. So it remains a mystery still as they run tests as to how the hell did he just go hard drive out and collapse on the field. The other thing was someone sent me a long uh, – Mike in England sent me a long list of – Soccer players and other athletes, I think soccer players primarily, who had collapsed or had heart issues or even collapsed and died while on the pitch. Now, I don't have that email in front of me, but I could go through it. But apparently, it's not as rare as I thought it was. So, like Fonzie once said, I was wrong. 
Item number six. Am I wrong to say that Suns and Four Guy is becoming an absolute internet legend? If you haven't seen the video, a couple of punk Denver fans try to take a go at a Suns fan, a random-looking middle-aged white guy, didn't look too fearful, and they got the worst of it in a big way. They were pushing, they were shoving. It didn't look like it was too bad of a deal. But then at the last second, as the one of the two Denver fans was about to walk away from the confrontation, he tries to run up and take a sucker punch from above, from one row above, on the Suns fan. The Suns fan deflects it, doesn't get stunned by it at all, and then quickly in one fell swoop grabs with his left hand the jersey of the Nugget fan and then starts to wail on him. Like Nolan Ryan wailing on Robin Ventura. Boom, 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 boom. He wants some more boom, boom, boom. To the point in which the kid, the younger guy, the Nuggets fan getting his ass beat, kind of stops fighting and, and turtles up a bit. His Nugget buddy is right next to him and doesn't jump down and take on the Suns fan in full, which was a mistake, cowardly. Thanks a lot, wingman. Getting my ass beat here. But the other fan then decides at the last minute, okay, maybe I should come in and challenge this guy. And while holding his buddy, this Suns fan throws another piece of spicy chicken, bam, at Nugget fan number two. At which point Nugget fan number two says, all right, I don't want none of that smoke. After yelling at Nugget fan number two, holding Nugget fan number one still by the jersey as he's cowered up like a little baby. Suns fan decides to get one more sucker punch in there. Kabam! A straight uppercut that appears to bloody, if not break, the kid's nose. And by kid, I mean, you know, he was a young adult. He was 20-something. He was fair game. As this was going down, and after he had put that one last punch, he then calmly, with his one free hand, reaches out and shows to the other Nugget fan, (laughs) Suns in four. Suns in four. And that's what happened. Suns won in four. People are memeing the shit out of this video. It is, to me, one of the all-time viral NBA fan videos ever. We're not supposed to glorify violence. We're not supposed to praise it. We're not supposed to say, oh, wasn't that great? But uh, it was pretty fucking great, the way that went down. Pretty smooth. People have put Devin Booker's head in that you know blockhead sort of uh, meme kind of way on the video on the Suns fan and he's smiling and just getting after him. They put Nikola Jokic's head on the Nuggets fan. <laughs> We're back, baby. Sports are back. Speaking of the NBA, item number seven. The NBA is apparently now going to set up a committee The competition committee, not a new committee, but the NBA's competition committee reports Adrian Wojnarowski will meet Monday to further explore rules changes to restrict unnatural motions on jump shots players use to draw fouls. Looking at you, James Harden. Looking at you, Trey Young. The NBA wants to limit players from leaning backwards and sideways to draw fouls. Well, guess what? You don't need a committee meeting. You don't need new rules. At this point, you're a dog chasing your tail. Rules upon rules upon rules upon replays upon... Don't call that shit. There. Boom. Done. How hard can it be? Item number eight. All gas, no fucking guilt. 
once upon a time, about two years ago, when Matt LaFleur took over, he said he was going to be all fucking gas, no break, or all gas, no fucking break, whatever the case may be, when it comes to his offensive philosophy as head coach of the Packers. That's great. Now that the Nets know they're going to be without Harden and without Kyrie Irving for at least game five, if not the rest of this series, it better be for the Milwaukee Bucks, all gas, no fucking guilt. Don't have a shred of guilt. Finish them. Finish them. The NBA playoffs have become, especially this year, and maybe it's coming off of COVID, maybe it's just the state of basketball these days, more of a demolition derby where the last car standing that's still running ends up winning the title. Injuries are unbelievable league-wide. Now, when the Toronto Raptors rallied to beat the Bucks from a 2-0 deficit with a pivotal Game 3 double overtime win at home in which the Bucks should have won the game 18 different ways to Sunday, they benefited by the time they reached the finals of, oh, Clay Thompson is out, and now, oh, Kevin Durant blew out his Achilles. The championship parade was just as real as if all players had been healthy. That could happen to the Milwaukee Bucks. Look at the injuries league-wide. I mean, Joel Embiid is battling a meniscus tear in his knee. He was 0 for 12 in the second half as the Sixers blew a big lead tonight and are now tied 2-2 with Atlanta. But Trey Young may be hurt because he had a giant ice pack on his shooting shoulder after the game. The Utah Jazz are getting drilled tonight. I think they lost. I'm looking up the TV right now. I'm about to go to bed, but yeah. Donovan Mitchell is hurt, and uh, Mike Conley's not playing. Clippers might escape this one. There are injuries everywhere, and the Bucks are relatively healthy. All gas, no fucking guilt. Finally, item number 10. Did I skip number nine? I might have skipped number nine. Did I get 10 in here? Well, it's been 27 minutes. We're going to wrap on this one. They say building habits is about doing something you want to make a habit 21 days in a row. And once you get there, you've got it. Well, here's a hell of a habit. Chicago man jumps into Lake Michigan for 365th straight day. Dan O'Connor, the great lake jumper, made his 365th leap into Lake Michigan on Saturday at Chicago's Montrose Point. He's a Chicago bus driver who's looking for a way to relieve stress during the coronavirus pandemic, and so he decided to do that. (laughs) He started jumping into the lake through the fall before the hard part came, which was hacking a hole in the ice in the winter months big enough for him to jump in during the winter. He said he got home after one such jump, found about 40 or 20 scrapes and cuts all over his body. He said he was encouraged by the response he got for his undertaking. People started asking me, what was this benefiting and how could they support? When I say, people, I'm talking strangers online, you know, when I started posting the videos on Twitter and Instagram, I got more wind in my sales because people started commenting like, this makes my day. It's nice to see that. He finished it for a full year. Had a bunch of people who jumped in Lake Michigan with him. Still looks pretty fucking cold, even on a warm June day, but good for him. Oh, and I did tease this. Let's get ready to rumble. Item number 10, the last one for tonight. The world of Monday qualifying at a Corn Ferry Tour event is normally pretty mild, but not this week. 
Sand Creek in Newton, Kansas, Sand Creek Station Golf Club, Newton, Kansas, had a Monday qualifier in which a guy got arrested for a fight. Austin Daly and Derek Fribbs were paired with Luke Smith, who plays collegiately at the University of Tennessee Martin. Luke's father, Oliver, president of Memphis-based Capital Prime, was caddying for his son. The, the group struggled early and fell behind on pace of play. It's not uncommon for groups to fall out of pace of uh, place in the golf course. Play is typically expedited then and after catch-up. Okay, blah, blah, blah. The situation came to a boil on the par 3 seventh hole. Because apparently, according to Fribbs, the Smiths would not help in the search for errant shots. Furthermore, the Smiths failed to put the pin in on the hole after they putted out. So on the par 3 seventh, Daly hit his tee shot left of the green. Fribbs, ever the sportsman, went to help Daly look for his ball. Allegedly, the Smiths did not help in the search for Daly's ball in return. In an effort to speed up play, Fribbs holed out first and headed for the eighth tee to play his next shot and try to get the group back in position. That was when, after Daly completed the hole, he said something to Smiths about how helping to look for shots might help speed the group up. That was apparently a bridge too far. Next thing you know, one guy says, well, maybe you should hit it straighter, and the fighting was on. In a matter of seconds, all hell breaks loose, and there's a fight on the course, and the cops are being called. Monday qualifying on the Corn Ferry Tour. Somebody else posted a video of a guy who was trying to qualify for the event. Shot 56 <laughs> on the front nine. And the video of him taking 15 seconds and 18 waggles before hitting a terrible-looking drive. Enough to boggle the mind. Okay, 31 minutes, 30 seconds and change. Not my best effort, but it is fresh content. I'm going to catch up, get my legs under me tomorrow. Thank you for downloading and listening and spreading the word. If ever you get a weird podcast put out like last night, something with the machinery of Red Circle blurped out the wrong day, an old podcast, just let me know via email and don't expect a response. And please re-download the podcast by no later than noon because we'll have it fixed by then. You won't get a response from me like I sent today. I spent about 10 to 15 minutes doing it just out of courtesy because, I don't know, I don't need to do that. I'll tell you right now. Send me a note saying, hey, something's wrong, and we'll fix it, and then just re-download it. But thank you for that heads up. Have yourself a great Tuesday, everybody, as I continue my two-week run here in the good land. We will see you next time. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. 
Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.